0: Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. And we have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season... Only one episode, or yet another holiday special. With me as always is TV's Noah Holohan.
1: Where's my clock? Where's my
0: clock? We are doing First Night 2013 with Jamie Kennedy. Oh
1: my goodness. So this was uh, talked about in our uh, official Patreon Discord. And uh, it was talked about so much that we decided to do it. So it wasn't a Patreon vote, but uh, it was something that came up organically in conversation. We're like, you know what? Let's do this. So here we are doing a New Year's Eve special (laughs) from 2013. Yes. All right. Let's pour one out. What you got? Well, this entire uh, special was about advertising. Yes. So. Oh. oh, no. I'm calling this one, Advertise with us, you cowards. Oh, no. And I'm drinking a beatbox. Ugh. Yeah, it's back. A thing we love. Don't sign like that. We're trying to get on to Sponsor Us.
0: Beatbox!
1: Delicious Beatbox. This is the uh, pineapple version, which is actually really good. So, Sponsor Us, Beatbox. Yes. Sponsor Us, You Cowards.
0: Sponsor Us, You Cowards, Beatbox.
1: What do you got there, Laura?
0: I have uh, Macy Gray Tea. Macy Gray Tea. It is Earl Gray Tea. <laughs> uh, then I may have started to drink a little too early.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Oh man, this is something else. Uh, So I will say that we watched this rip on YouTube Yes. that, I don't know, it may have been missing some stuff or... Yes. Because to, to spoil this, we watched this and then we watched Jamie Kennedy kind of talk about this and he has a very different rip from us. He does. So... This is just... Uh, the the rip that we used is in the, the comments, if you want to watch this beforehand. And uh, let's get into it. We start by not seeing Girl Squad play. Correct. <laughs> so, the opening o- of this is Jamie Kennedy standing on stage in front of the... What is the name of that theater now?
0: Man, uh, the Men's Chinese Theater,
1: which... It's changed names, I believe.
0: It is now the TCL Chinese Theater.
1: Yes. And the, like one of the first things we hear was, that was Girl Squad. Wasn't it great? I was like, we didn't hear it. Also, Teen Girl Squad. Teen Girl
2: Squad. Cheerleader. So-and-so. Watch your face. The ugly one. Can I have a Lunchables? Or a juice box?
0: Like a bee box? <laughs>
1: us, you cowards. <laughs> uh, so then we, we kind of get this weird opening that's Jamie Kennedy doing stand up. And it's about the news in the year 2012.
0: My gosh, uh, it is. There's a few. I, I have notes. One, this feels like if you were doing a sketch about 10 years ago those exact news things that you would bring Yeah. Up. Secondly, it is the lowest hanging fruit.
1: Yes. So here's the thing. I'm I'm going to rip this to shreds because it's god awful. Yes. And this is coming from a place where I am a stand-up comedian. Yes. And what I usually do jokes on are kind of currently events because it's all like video games and like current comic book stuff and all that nerdy stuff that we do at conventions. These are what I call first page jokes. Okay. When I sit down and I try to write a brand new set, I write my first page of jokes and then I throw them away because they're the most obvious jokes that everyone's already made on the internet. Yes. His opening joke is Mark Zuckerberg got married and then after the marriage, there was one long poke. Oh. Like, it is such...
0: One long, awkward poke.
1: It it is such a first-page joke where it's just like, you need to make a Facebook joke. I don't know, pokes. Like, there's no depth to it. There's no creativity to it. It's very much a, here's an idea, that's good enough, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, He then makes, like, a Honey Boo Boo joke.
2: Honey Boo Boo and her mom, June, became big TV stars this year. You guys like Honey Boo Boo? When asked what it's like to raise an obnoxious, chubby maniac, Honey Boo Boo responded, It's eh, tough.
0: Yeah, it's, he makes a, the Kim Kardashian pregnancy jokes are bad. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, he makes a bunch of jokes at this is like the lowest point for Lindsay Lohan. Yes. This is like her first mounted comeback that hasn't, like, doesn't quite work out when she's in the Lifetime movie.
1: Right.
2: How about our good friend Lindsay Lohan? You guys follow Lindsay Lohan? She had a big year. She was Elizabeth Taylor in the miniseries Liz and Dick. She also crashed into a dump truck, whacked a pedestrian with her Porsche, and punched a psychic in the face. Clearly, she played both Liz and Dick in that movie.
0: Weird, and then not for the first time, he is openly sexually creepy towards someone on the show, where he's like, I'd hit it, you'd still hit
2: Honestly, though, I'd still hit. You know you'd hit too, sir. You know you would hit. You would hit. Keep going. Here we go. Keep it going.
1: Yeah. Like, there's something... It's a step beyond I'd still hit it. Mm -hmm. When he starts saying, like, you'd hit, right? Like, the way it's phrased is also, like, especially uncomfortable. Yeah. We get, like, three jokes in before he's like... Are you excited to be here? Come on, make some noise. Oh, my Which God. is such a, like, oh, my God, I'm drowning thing to do as a comic.
0: Yes, and he is.
1: And, like, it's not even a, like, what we call in the business savor jokes, where you kind of, it's the joke you tell when you're bombing. Yeah. It is just like, hey, make noise, we're on TV type thing. And... He does that, like, three jokes, in, and then there's so much stand-up after that. Yeah. Uh, he tries to make a Gungam-style joke.
0: Yeah, which is just racist.
1: Because he doesn't know how to say it?
0: No. He like, does have a joke about how it has more words in English than a given Lil Wayne song. Yeah. Which was an old bit then. Yeah. Like, him going, yeah, okay. And, that, like, like, that bit was old in the mid 2000s when yeah came
1: out when right and like i really want to stress this this is not us in the year 2022 looking back at this and saying man these jokes about 2012 are dated this is us as people who lived through 2012 going these are not good jokes
0: yeah it's it's not that they're dated because, like, we've watched some, you know, you watch old, like, SNL clips with dated jokes. And that's not really the issue. It was that these were bad, low-hanging fruit jokes then. Yeah. And then he makes a one about Kim Kardashian being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Does the lame Kanye West i am to let you finish joke? Yeah. Which I also want to point out, like, That had happened a couple years ago by that point.
1: I'ma Let You Finish wasn't even 2012? No. The sound of Googling.
0: Yeah, it was 09.
1: Yeah, that's, that's sad.
0: The I'ma Let You Finish jokes were old by late 2012.
1: He might as well have done like a Blair Witch parody. Just all the just things that people did.
0: And then he makes a comment about oh, and Kim Kardashian's baby's sex tape will be out any day now. And then people kind of look at him and he goes, too soon? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, you're talking about a sex tape for a
1: fetus, you potato. He also says, hashtag too soon.
0: And all I can think of is James Acaster's too challenging for (laughs) you. The difference being, James Acaster is kidding when he says that.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- another fantastic moment is he starts talking and somebody, like, the the crowd's not properly mic'd. That's important. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure it's not utter silence like we're hearing. Yeah. But it's also clear he's not getting any laughs. There's a moment where, like, a section of the crowd laughs and Jamie points to it and goes, oh, tape delay. Which is just like, I'm um, referencing the fact that you're laughing at an inappropriate time. But also what that's saying is, there's a group of the audience who are no longer listening and are having a conversation and someone made a funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it was the most laughter he'd gotten. Like, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. He then, this is a, one of the jokes like I, I feel like we need to talk about, is... He brings up Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, God, yeah, he does. Before it's a movie. It's just a book at this point. It's just just a book. And he talks about who should play Christian Grey. Should it be uh, Hemsworth? Mm-hmm. Or he says someone else. And I was like, they were up for the part of Christian Grey. Interesting.
0: Everybody was talking about anybody
1: for Christian Grey. I guess it was just like the hubbub at the time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
0: It was the big it was the big role everyone was talking about, like who's gonna play Christian Grey. Nobody really even talked about like who was gonna play Anastasia Steele. Yeah. It was all like who's gonna play hot Christian Grey.
1: And he says it should be him because he's been keeping girls locked up in his basement for years. But, Which like the levels of wrong that joke is. And and I'm not saying like I'm offended. I'm saying as someone who constructs jokes, that is so incorrect. Because one, that's not what happens in Fifty Shades of Grey. Nope. It's, it's not like a kid. It's not uh, 365 days. <laughs> so uh, he's already like way off base on what the punchline was. Two, he has not been likable enough. To make that self-deprecating joke about himself. If we were already on his team as a comedian, like, ah, we like Jamie, he's funny. Then he could make a joke like that and we could be like, ah, he's kidding. But all he's saying is like, I'm a sexual predator. And we're like, mm, I don't believe you. Uh, You don't have the charisma to, like, make this a joke. Right. And three, it's so easy to just pick a creepy person. To make that joke about. It's 2012.
0: We had no... I mean, you could have said like, oh, cast Mitt Romney. He's already got binders full of women.
1: Oh my, what an amazing joke that was off the dome.
0: Really? Because I felt like, I was like, I don't feel good about this, but it's just better than what he did.
1: I mean, just because there's also the wordplay of bind mm-hmm. in there. Like, that was great. <laughs> like, so much better than what's going on here. Like, say it's Tom Cruise. Say say it's any of the horrible people you don't like, but like to put that onus on yourself when you're not liked is disastrous. Yeah. Uh, he then makes a couple of quasi clever jokes of good spins on today's news stories, and he said this was the first uh, NF or NHL hockey season to have no injuries because there was drunk on and they're kind of decent jokes if you weren't performing in front of a bunch of drunk people at 11 pm. Yes <laughs> and that's what like he closes on. <laughs> yeah I I'm
0: looking to see if there's anything yeah those are, those are the last ones we had.
1: yeah. And then it turns into the hype train. Yeah. And he's like, you're not going to want to miss this. Macy Gray is here. Yes. And Shannon Elizabeth's breasts are here. Yeah. Do you know who Shannon Elizabeth is?
0: Oh, she's the girl from American Pie.
1: She's the exchange student. She has one of the most unfortunate careers because she's a very talented actress that is shoehorned into this, like, overly sexualized person. Okay. And I really like Shannon Elizabeth. I think she's very funny. I think she has great comic timing. And as soon as he said that, I was like, no. What a horrible thing to do to, like, a young actress is to, on a New Year's Eve special, just lower this person to just their breasts.
0: Oh, my God. She works with a charity that helps 3D print prosthetics for animals.
1: Yeah, Shadow Elizabeth is awesome. That
0: legitimately sounds like one of those things where you're doing a sketch about a nice person. Like, that's such a, like, super nice person thing to do. Yeah. That sounds pretend.
1: Yeah. You know, I help, like, crippled lizards.
0: (laughs) A goose for... A beak for Goose Victoria. (laughs)
1: Hey, your boobs are huge. What... So, I believe there's some commercials after this.
0: Yeah, we see the same Drew Brees and One Direction ad. There's two variants of the ad, and we see both of them frequently.
1: Yes, it's them fighting over a Pepsi.
0: And in it, either Drew wins, and One Direction gets a tryout.
1: Yeah, for the Saints.
0: <laughs> or One Direction wins, and Drew gets to join the band.
1: Yes, and he sings a song. It's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> Um, it's a commercial.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, when we come back, I just have so much angry scribbling here. Uh, Shaq sends a video message in.
0: With him on behalf of him and, uh, Charles, Charles
1: Barkley. Barkley, who, who does, does not, not speak. speak. <laughs> he just sits there. He's like, I don't want to talk to Jamie Kennedy. Uh, then we have an interview with Shannon Elizabeth.
0: Yes, it is painfully
1: awkward. This guy Stu, who he kind of looks like a cheap pit bull, uh, is like, "I'm here with Shan Elizabeth. What you got going on? Are you excited for the new year?" And Shan Elizabeth says, "Yeah, I got a lot going on. I'm writing, producing, and directing. Yeah, like booked and busy. Like, she's a very successful woman." In the entertainment business. Yes. B- b- uh, business. Imagine if at a New Year's celebration show, special, whatever you want to call it, the host went, Stick around, you're not going to want to miss this. John Favreau's penis is here. That's what Jamie Kennedy did. <laughs> this is unacceptable.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm just picturing like... Like, any, like, I'm trying to think if I can, it, it reminds me of YouTube Live. Yeah. When Katy Perry, like, is weird about Bo Burnham.
1: Yeah, oh, thank God, you're 18 at, at least.
0: At least. Thank you, Mrs. Perry.
1: Thank Bruce. you, Mrs. Perry.
0: <laughs> like, just that very overt sexualization of someone who does not really want to be in that role at that time.
1: Yes, This is when I also look at you and go, hey, it's weird that there's no clock, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because we start to notice, like, hey, this is a New Year's countdown, and I've yet to see a clock. Yes. That's weird and foreboding. We then throw it over to, and this is how he is introduced, nine-time Kids' Choice Award winner, Drake Bell. Now, to be entirely
0: fair to the show, the stuff about Drake Bell had not happened, had not come out
1: yet. No, it hadn't. But man, this does not age well.
2: No. Because
1: Drake Bell is with some, uh, like, female uh, correspondent who's like, I feel like we purposely do not get her name because yeah. we get a girl's next door which is a Playboy playmate. Yeah. Uh, Later, that they want to put, like, the focus on. Right. And this girl is in awe of being near Drake Bell. Yes. Because he's a nine-time Kids' Choice Award winner and asks him, do you have a plan for a kiss at midnight? And Drake Bell goes off on... How he's going to be using so much tongue.
2: Uh, plenty of tongue, obviously. Obviously. Um, and uh, I, I don't know where, but I, I, I think I know who. Is it someone in our crowd tonight? Is it someone? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm not going to point anyone out and make them feel. I'm just saying someone's getting lucky with a nine-time Kids' Choice Award winner, ladies and gentlemen.
0: And now, like, knowing what we know, it's very...
1: Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I hate all of this. Then we get another big twist. Because then we throw it back to Stu, Cheap Pitbull. And he's like talking at a blackjack table. Yes. And he's like, I hope everyone's excited. I'm here with wrestling champion. Oh, yeah. Adam Pierce.
2: Yes. I'm here with world heavyweight wrestling champion Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. Scrap Daddy, I understand you have a new championship that you're uh, trying to
1: achieve. Listen, there's Bo Jackson, there's Deion Sanders. I'm going to become the first 2013 two sport champion. Wrestling and blackjack. Let's make this happen. And my head just explodes. Which I, I have to be honest, I don't
0: know Adam Pierce outside of his current role as an authority figure.
1: Well, let me tell you a little bit about Adam Pierce. In 2012, he held the world title twice in NWA. Okay, I know what that is. Right, you do. Yes. Because we work in wrestling.
0: In 2012. Legitimately, I mostly know because I know Billy Corgan. <laughs>
1: Yes, but this is before Billy Corrigan owns the NWA. Right.
0: I'm gonna be honest. I did not know what the NWA was in 2012. Right. No planet. I knew what that was.
1: But like, I'm I'm trying to set myself back of like where I was in wrestling in 2012. Like, right. I think I was in between runs. Okay. In wrestling, but like, this is around when like. WWE is the big game in town. And then you have, like, Impact. Right. And then, like, huge drop. And then ROH. And then another huge drop. And then NWA. Okay. (laughs) Like, this... Nobody knew who Adam Pearce was who was watching this. Okay. And, like... He's not advertised. We will not see him again. To most people, it's a bald guy that they claimed was a wrestler. Fair. Uh, I will have a lot to say about Adam Pierce later. Okay. I have a discovery that's made. Okay.
0: We then get the first of three commercials for the casino that they're sponsoring with. These three, and they call them short films. They're commercials. Yeah. And this one is for a casino mascot. Yes. That Jamie Kennedy is dressed up as. It's bad. Yeah. There's a point where an Asian American actor, uh, they they talk about like, oh, the mascot is going to speak multiple languages to appeal to everyone. Yeah. And Jamie Kennedy, I I don't know what language he's attempting to speak because he's not doing it all that well. Right. And... Also, I, did, I didn't I did write down what he tried to say, because I felt yeah. like anything I tried to write down, I was like, I don't know if this is going to land. And an Asian-American actor goes, we don't speak Asian.
1: Yes. What an we're, insane thing to write. We're
0: from Sherman Oaks. Because I did write that down, because I was like, ah. What? My note here is, it's 2007 humor, long after that was funny.
1: Yes. Because
0: it's that mid-2000s, fratty, faux-edgy humor. Mm-hmm. That was, like, on its way out by the early 2010s. Yeah.
1: And, like, I want you to picture what you think a mascot should look like. Is it Jamie Kennedy in a funny hat wearing, like, some makeup under his eyes? Yes. Because, like, he's not even, like, in a big animal costume. He's just kind of in, like, silly clothing. Because this show clearly had no budget.
0: Oh, no, not, not anything. Uh, We then get an interview with Don Harper, who had uh, won medals in the Beijing and London Olympics in
1: 2012. Yes,
0: And in track and field, which they don't mention. They
1: never mention what it is.
0: And she, I feel like she has a sponsorship deal? Because she randomly hawks five guys?
1: I think she misspeaks because... The major, one of the major sponsors, behind, besides the uh, the hotel the casino, is Carl's Jr. Um,
2: actually, I do plan on getting me a nice sorry Five Guys, Five Guys burger, um, licking every finger and making it scrum Oof.
1: So my thought is she was supposed to say sorry Five Guys, I want a Carl's Jr. But instead, she just says Five Guys twice, and this interviewer is like, "We got a Carl's Jr. burger." Do you want a Carl's Jr. Burger, Carl's Jr. Burger? And she just goes, oh, we call them Hardee's. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Also, you might notice from our cocktails that there is not a Carl's Jr. near us at all.
0: No, uh, not even close. Or a Hardee's for that
1: matter. Or a matter. Hardee's, yes.
0: So, we then get another painfully awkward sexualized interview...
1: Yeah, this is a pre-recorded one yes. with Jamie Kennedy and a different Olympian. Yeah, I don't know if we ever got her name.
0: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find... Uh, I didn't catch the name because it was said once very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I also tried to, uh, I tried to look it up and couldn't find it.
1: And then they do this bit where Jamie Kennedy's like, do you know who I am? And she's like, yeah, you're Andy Dick. Which is actually pretty funny. It is, and clearly is planned. But Jamie then's like, no, try again. And then, like, the joke there is Andy Dick sucks. And, you know, I've said this before. Andy Dick's job for a long time was to be the guy who sucks. Yes. So, like, that punchline makes sense. When asked again, she says something like, I don't know, Seth Green, which would have been a huge compliment at that time.
0: Yeah, because Seth Green was pretty big in the...
1: Yeah, like, he'd been producing Robot Chicken, and, like, he was riding the success of uh, Austin Powers and stuff. Uh, I mean, Austin Powers would have been over for a while by then, but still.
0: Yeah, but he was still, like, recognizable.
1: Yeah, yeah. None of this is funny after that. What was your gold medals in?
0: Um, My gold medals were in the 200, the 4x1, and the 4x4.
2: And this was your third Olympics? Yes. Wow. So when was your first Olympics? When you were 12?
0: (laughs) When I was 18.
1: 18?
0: (laughs) He brings up Scream for the first time.
1: He brings up Scream.
0: Because he's going to bring up Scream a few times, because it's clearly the thing most people know him for.
1: Yeah. Uh... One thing that never seems to come up is the Jamie Kennedy experiment. No. Which is surprising to me because his name's in it. You'd think maybe you'd bring that up, but no. Uh, he then tries to explain that he has a blockbuster award.
0: Yes, and be- for Scream.
1: For Scream, and he thinks that that is more valuable than a gold medal. And the girl's like, no, clearly not. She's like, "Are you sure? The Blockbuster Awards happened uh once and then they stopped having them." And me and Laura were like, "Ooh." Yeah, we got Interesting. Kind of, we got kind of excited about that. Maybe we'll look into the Blockbuster Awards. Um Yeah, th- I don't have much to say about this whole thing.
0: And we go back to the like live studio audience and every time we see them, they look
1: Bored. Yeah, everyone there looks bored. The people involved with the show, the people at the show, everyone looks bored. We then see the first appearance of the clock. But instead of it being a countdown clock, it is just a clock that's heading towards midnight. Yeah. So I was like, oh, the old count up clock.
0: And it's superimposed at the bottom of our screen. It's not a clock anyone present can see yes so it's not a diegetical clock
1: yeah it's just it's a lower third
0: it's just a digital clock at the corner of your screen
1: uh then they throw to a carl's jr truck like a food truck yes and while jamie kennedy is throwing to the truck you hear a producer going no 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 no."
2: now we're kicking it over to jesse and bridget who are down at the carl's jr oh, no, no, burger truck no, no, no. Oh, Jesse and Bridge.
1: <laughs> the whole time you, Jamie Kennedy's on stage, you can clearly hear someone, like, panicking.
0: And, like, I feel for that person. <laughs> because that's, like, that's me.
1: So, yeah, they throw to this truck uh, so that they can eat Carl's Jr., who helped buy a, a sponsorship to this show to make it happen.
0: And uh, Bridget Marquart, who was known at the time for... Uh, the girl's next door.
1: Yes, yes. This is the, the, the Playboy bunny.
0: She gets, like, goaded into sexually eating the burger because that was what Carl's Jr.'s ads were at the time.
1: Yes. There was that very controversial ad with Paris Hilton, who was, like, eating a Carl's Jr. in, like, Daisy Dukes while cleaning a car.
0: Yeah. Like, that was their whole ad campaign at that time was sexy famous women eating big greasy burgers while doing a sexy thing.
1: Yes, uh, oh,
0: and they were pushing that it was a turkey burger because it was going to help her stay in shape.
1: Yeah, because it was a healthy turkey burger. Then <laughs> she's like, let's throw it back to Jamie Kennedy. And it cuts to Stu. Yes. And Stu goes, uh, We're going to throw things over to Jamie. Jamie,
2: what's going on over there? Are you jealous that I'm hanging out with a hot Playboy model and a really hot burger? Actually, very- uh, it's me, Jesse, uh, Stu Stone. I wish I was
1: Jamie Kennedy. And I wrote down, new sentence. Nobody wishes they were Jamie Kennedy.
0: <laughs> yeah, like him just trying to salvage the moment. It doesn't work.
1: And from that, they throw to the second short film. Yes. Which is, again, just another sponsorship thing. Where it is Jamie Kennedy at the Laugh House. Or Laugh not, Factor. the Laugh Factory, excuse me. And
0: he's pushing, it's, this is a clean energy company. And he's pushing clean energy initiatives in a very fake, inorganic way.
1: Yes. Uh, I write down this is an impossible task. Because he's trying to do a stand-up set where he's including why you should have like weather stripping on your windows to keep the heat in. Yeah. And things like that. And a thing that I always say in my comedy class is... You always need to come from a place of that thing over there is wrong. Yes. Not I'm right. Because yes. once you come from that point of view, it's harder to bring people with you because you've put yourself up higher.
0: Yeah, like you are, you think you're better than they are.
1: Yeah, so it's so hard in comedy to talk about something in a positive light and make it funny. There's, there's very little comedy in things being good, you know? Yeah. Like, nobody roasts a great movie. <laughs> they roast a bad movie. So I am li- immediately like, oh, this is an impossible task. And then that's kind of the bit of it is Jamie misses making people laugh, but he's so dedicated to conservation that he doesn't mind if he bombs as long as the message about... You know, making sure you're using energy-efficient light bulbs gets out there. Which could kind of work if Jamie had not bombed at the top of the show.
0: Yeah, he wasn't funny to begin with in the show.
1: So it has this feeling of like, yeah, of course Jamie's bombing. That's what he does. He's not a good comedian. Instead of it being, this is Jamie talking about something that's not comedy, so it's not working.
0: And then my favorite part of the show happens. They interview Anna Rosales, who is uh, the head of this clean energy initiative. And behind Stu trying to introduce Anna Rosales is a young lady, the hero we need, but not the one we deserve, imitating him with the teleprompter. Yes. It's- she looks over the teleprompter and starts acting it out herself.
1: And, like, the, the thing that's so sad about it is it's hilarious that she just sees the teleprompter, so she's moving her lips along. And the only reason she stops doing it is she gets bored and walks away. Yes. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, she would have stayed there and made this a more entertaining segment.
0: Now, I, I did have to laugh here because we did watch uh, we watched Jamie Kennedy react to pieces of this. Yes. And he hates this girl, like even yes. up to now, because he did this about 11 months. He did it January 2022. Yes. Like kind of a retrospective of it where he reacted to it. And he's still angry at this girl. This was funny.
1: On top of that, so many other things go wrong in just this, I don't know, 30 seconds, minute and 30 seconds bit. Uh, because we're talking to this girl who has a thick accent and has clearly on a script and, uh, she's
0: not a natural TV person. Yes. She clearly, when you say she has a thick accent, I don't think that's actually true. I think she's just kind of awkward on camera. Uncomfortable on
1: TV. Yeah. And I
0: think there's just more of a halting quality to her speech of her trying to like Mm
1: -hmm. make
0: sure she does not misspeak. Yeah. Because she's representing her organization on what feels like a large platform and she's worried about it?
1: Yes. And so Stu asks this pre-written question. She gives the written response back. Then Stu's trying to add some flavor to this and was like, hey, you got to explain how this benefits me. Stu the Jew.
2: Now, let me ask you, how much? Be honest with me, okay? Stu the Jew here. I need to know. How much money can a homeowner expect to save by making their home more energy efficient?
1: So now we have the Asians insulted, the, the, the Jews insulted, and the fans of uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey have been insulted. So if you're on your who's insulted bingo card, you should have at least three blocks right now. All right, and then we get... Wait, wait no, okay. there's still problems with this whole oh, segment. All right, keep going. Like I said, there's a minute and a half that goes off the rails. She explains, like, you save a lot of money because you save energy. Then Stu looks at, at where the teleprompter could be, and it's clear that they're being told to stretch. Yes. So Stu goes off script and is like, does this really have an effect? If every person here just did a little bit, How would how much energy would that affect? She freezes and then starts talking about something else entirely. Just like well, anyone who has our new window guards would like it's very clear that what happens here is they're told to go to do more. She's out of words.
2: Yeah, like she's (laughs) done. Stu
1: has to keep going. So they just hit this wall together. Also, this needs to be brought up. Yes. Why would you want to watch this on New Year's Eve? Like, why is like, oh, we got to watch Jamie Kennedy. Oh, they're selling us window stripping. I mean, I for think. For too long.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I think knowing what I know about how these new year's eve broadcasts appear to work mm-hmm. they don't really think anybody is sitting there and watching yeah they think you have it on while you're hanging out with your friends or family mm-hmm. they know you're really only watching from like eleven fifty to 12 10
1: yeah if i guess that, that's true
0: because really they just have musicians doing stuff and little like yeah we're here yeah party what are gonna do mm-hmm. it's filler for midnight if you yeah. start this broadcast at 11 a.m it is filler
1: because 11 p.m it wasn't that long
0: fair enough <laughs> god could you imagine 13 hours of this but like if you do 11 p.m a lot of this is filler people are if you're at say a house party at like eleven forty-five, somebody goes oh we should turn on Dick Clark. Yeah, we should turn on whatever. And at this point, it has been said there had, there was not uh, any competition for Dick Clark at this point. Right. Like, Because Ryan Seacrest is working with Dick Clark. There's not really any competitor to New Year's Rock and Eve, and there was not one that was West Coast-centric. Right. So the idea of this was to become a West Coast-centric version, mm-hmm. something that would be live. Because if you're in... California, and it is 3 a.m. Eastern time when it is midnight your time, Dick Clark's in bed already. Yeah. Ryan Seacrest is in bed already.
1: Absolutely.
0: So there's kind of that element of, well, this one's live and this one's for us.
1: Uh, I just, my next note is literally, how is this a show? Uh, We got 14 minutes until the new year and... Macy Gray is taking the stage. Um, This is not a great performance from Macy Gray.
0: No. Uh,
1: My notes here include Macy's mic just stops working at one point.
0: Yeah, there's also... She tries to hype up the crowd. She forgets what year it is. Oh, yeah, you guys all ready for... You guys all ready for 2013? (laughs) Uh, It is widely speculated she is drunk. You think in several articles it is speculated she is drunk. Uh, she asks a producer what time it is. He says eleven fifty. She mishears is eleven fifteen and panics. <laughs> eleven fifteen. We got to do forty-five minutes of this. So she has no way of seeing a time. There's no clock.
1: There's no clock available in eye shot of the stage.
0: <laughs> she gets lukewarm applause after her first song, and I actually have the note of like, I've been to like, I've gotten more applause at like conventions than yeah. she gets at this.
1: I, I want to get your opinion on this moment. Uh, Macy Gray goes,
0: "Why don't you? Why don't you just be early? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one."
1: What do you think she was doing in that moment?
0: Trying to get off the stage.
1: I don't believe that's what's happening. Okay. Because that's also what Jamie Kennedy thought. That she was just like, let's do it now, whatever. I think what she's trying to do is kind of teach the crowd, you need to be louder. Okay. Because at midnight, we need you to freak out. Yeah. So they did like, she was trying to do like a practice one. Because at one point she says, You guys like, sure are quiet. Yeah, for a whole lot of sexy people, <laughs> you sure are quiet. And I think that is a performer kind of recognizing, like, this isn't working. And we need to educate this crowd of what they need to do. Because at this point, I want to know who these people are that are there. Okay. Like, are these people who are expecting kind of a Times Square-like experience? Or are these the friends and family of the people involved in the show? Oh, Because I think it's the latter. Uh, and I also think they're all hammered,
0: <laughs> which I mean, we
1: will get into more later.
0: And I also get the vibe that one of the things with Times Square is that I know we said I misspoke until said 11 a.m. earlier. Yeah. But you have to get to Times Square around that early. Right, if you want right. to be in Times Square. Uh, my aunt did it one year. She so said
1: it was miserable. It looks horrible every time.
0: But you could have the situation where these people have been being plied with alcohol for hours already. Yes. Because there's definitely the conception of, oh, alcohol, bring the party, get these people wasted.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of when Macy Gray asked the crowd, what are y'all going to do at midnight? Probably be here, Macy. (laughs) (laughs) It's in 10 minutes. (laughs) Uh, And then Macy just kind of stopped singing for a bit and her backup singer is singing instead of her.
0: During I Try, which is her biggest hit.
1: Yeah, and you know what? She's better than Macy Gray.
0: There's also this very (laughs) interesting thing with... I try being a weird choice for this. It's not like a hype song. No. Like it's not a song I would think of with Okay, like getting a hype, what are you going to listen to? I try from 1998. Oh,
1: 1998. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to check that. But- 1998. You have a one-hit wonder from
0: 1998.
1: Me. 1999. 1999. I was very close. Like, like it's very clear that they couldn't get anybody. And it's going to become painfully clear in a moment. Um we we're, we're finally getting towards uh, the 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 big moment where it's going to be the new year. Yes. Uh, And I have a lot of weird quotes here. Okay. I have Jamie Kennedy saying, it's getting a little janky. Yes.
0: At at this point, it's getting
1: a little janky. He's freaking out. He just starts screaming, where's the clock?
0: Yeah, because there's no clock.
1: Because there's no clock. There is a giant screen behind them. But nobody ever had the thought of, we need to put this clock on this screen.
0: It's miserable. Uh, They're all talking over each other. And the thing is, the digital clock is still up.
1: Yes. So we can we see We can see it is. at home. They cannot.
0: And then they are given bad information. Well, Someone tells them. Yeah. That they have 30 seconds left. Yeah. They have 10.
1: They have 10 seconds left. So when they start doing a countdown, it's already the new year. Yep. But they're like, yeah, 10, 9. They're completely off. Uh, somebody, I wish I had wrote a little bit more to this note, but somebody says, it's my favorite 14 year old.
0: They're talking about one of them, I think they're talking about the band. I that think we they're didn't
1: talking see? about Girl Squad because they're trying to make sure they don't get champagne.
0: Yes, because they're children.
1: Yes. Uh, also, when they believe that it's the new year, they zoom in on the Hardy's Carls Jr star that's above the stage, which we clearly think is supposed to drop. Yeah is it I think it's supposed to be a ball drop? Yes, but like it do, they don't zoom in on it until well after the new year. So it could have been dropping the whole time and had reached its lowest point, but that's the only time we ever look at it. It's This is an abomination.
0: It, it, it is quite bad. <laughs>
1: Uh, then, I realize there's still another 45 minutes to this.
0: Yeah, and then I am sad.
1: So, they completely botch when uh, the new year happens. We go to commercial. We come back, and it's Bob Saget. Yeah. I want to point out something that Bob Saget slips into this message that I don't think you caught. Uh,
0: I Okay. Cause, Cause is it about Fifty Shades of Grey? No. I caught that.
1: He mentions Fifty Shades of Grey, but he actually slipped something very offensive in.
0: Uh-oh.
1: He says... I, I can't be there at the Chinese theater wishing you all a very happy new year, love you long time, a happy ending to your new year. Oh. And
2: nobody gets it. And I was like, oh, crap.
0: Bob, no. I got hung up on the fact that he mentions that he has sat on a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey and has stuffed it into his anus. Yes.
1: He also says that. But he definitely slips in happy ending me love you long time. Oh, Bob. Which is especially insane because the next thing we get is Stu back amongst the people interviewing an Asian man.
0: Yes, who I love. Yes. Jerry from
1: New Jersey. Jerry, I love you.
2: Jerry from Jersey, you got some New Year's resolution? Yes, absolutely. What's your resolution? I want to be home. I want to be home. I want to be home.
0: (laughs) I don't want
1: to be here anymore.
0: He literally says the phrase, and I quote, I want to be
1: home. (laughs) So Stu's like, I'm going to move on. We can't get any worse than I don't want to be here. I want to go home. Hey... What's your name?
2: What's your name, sir? Talon. Hey, It is New Year's Eve 2013.
1: Talon, motherfucker. Yes. (laughs) Immediately just swears into the microphone. And he's like, nope, not talking to you. You, young lady, what brings you here? And she points at the same guy and goes, that's my son. It is bad. (laughs) This is... You couldn't write this. Like, at this point it feels like I'm watching a show about a the worst New Year's Eve show ever.
0: Like the gone the goes wrong show.
1: Cause this is ridiculous at this point.
0: And then, just in case it hadn't already gone too off the rails, we get another celebrity interview. Hi. It's Chris Angel. <laughs> it's Chris Angel! <laughs> and I like the number 13.
2: <laughs> hey, it's Chris Angel. And, you know, my favorite number is 13. So I wanted to wish you all a very healthy, happy, wonderful
1: New Year's. God bless. Taylor Swift is busy. Just, <laughs> there's something just so funny about Chris Angel's existence, <laughs> just in general, that as soon as he showed up on screen, I was like, oh, of course. Like, who else would it be? On this train wreck of a show. <sighs> let's, um, let's offend some more people. This is the easiest bit in the world, and they do it wrong.
0: I mean, we also get the song First of the Month from Bone thugs Oh, I fr-
1: we did skip over Bone thugs and harmony They
0: sing First of the Month, and uh, they swear a lot.
1: And they swear a whole bunch.
0: And they couldn't afford a bleep machine, so we hear all the swears.
1: Uh, and, and that's nice. And that's nice. and they get an interview and they're like, "So where? What's going on? What can? What do you want to promote?" And he's like, "Just have a good year." Yeah. We're, we don't have anything brewing. We don't know why we're here. <laughs> uh, then we get because it's 2012. It's almost a required sketch. Yeah. A sketch about the Mayans because in 2012, a lot of people honestly believed. The world was going to end because it was the end of the Mayan calendar. You
0: attended a convention that the weekend that was supposed to happen called Armageddon.
1: Armageddon, yes. Uh, basically, the Mayans made a calendar, that's a circle, that ended, uh, I think, when, it, was, it was like December, right? I'm trying to think yeah. what the idea Yeah, it was December of 2012. It was like
0: December 21st.
1: Yeah. And it was believed that since that's when they ended their calendar, that that was them predicting that the world was going to end. Ignoring the fact that it was a circle, and circles just kind of start over again. Exactly. Everybody ignored that. Uh, So this sketch is about the Mayans who are now all broke because they thought the world was ending. So they spent all their money, and now they don't know what to do.
0: So this is a group of white people dressed as uh, party city Native American costumes. Yes. Like, they're not dressed...
1: As Mayans.
0: (laughs) And they're dressed in party city Halloween costumes of Native Americans.
1: Yes, they're dressed as one member of the village people.
0: Yeah, it's really... And like... After the conversations about co- cultural appropriation had started, and it was like no longer really accepted to do that. Yeah. So, this is instantly dated. And they got panned for this sketch then. Well, so, because I want you to know, like, this isn't us in the year 2022 being like, oh, back then they were so. So racist and the humor was so uncivilized. They got in trouble for this then.
1: Well, something very important happens. Because what this sketch actually is, is like, well, we need to make money. Well, the casino's having a poker tournament. Yes. So this is, again, another commercial for this casino. Yeah. And then they all play poker. And then they lose all their money playing poker as well. Even though they already don't have any money. Whatever. Uh, And Jamie Kennedy's like, well, maybe we should go back to uh, making predictions. And one of them goes, "I predict that comedian Jamie Kennedy will never work again after this sketch," which is them hanging a lampshade on how offensive this is. Which means they know. Yeah. So ill-advised. Just all of this is bad. It, it is. Take it away Tony Hawk.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tony Hawk just does a thing of like, yeah, work.
1: It wishes us a happy new year. Thanks, Birdman. Appreciated. Uh, this absolutely insane interview happens now. We're we, back we get a lot. another
0: band. We get DTK.
1: Oh, this is before DTK. The, this is so like. Unbel- this is how they introduce them, but it's so like hard to understand that it sounds like gibberish. Okay. We get this ad conversation interview thing with Jamie Kennedy talking to someone about like heart disease because we've noticed that every time they went to commercial they played this yes. like one out of three people will have a heart condition of some sort. Yeah. And I was like I wonder if that will be part of the show at some point. And it is. At some point Jamie Kennedy's talking about like heart health with this woman. And he then says something like I've actually gotten my heart pricked. And he opens up his shirt to show a scar. And the girl that he's talking to is like kind of backs away and he's like, yeah, I got pricked right here. I'm just kidding. I got stabbed by a Puerto Rican girl. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's just a scar. So Native Americans, (laughs) Mayans. Puerto Ricans, Asians, just every single race gets a shot. This is horrible. And then we throw to this new band, DTK, that I swore they said was BTE. Right. The
0: band immediately. They say, like, we can't say the full name. Yes. But everything I can find says it's just called Dress to Kill.
1: Dressed to kill? How offensive.
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand it myself.
1: I have never heard of this band. No. Uh, They they do a song about being a masochist. That was like the one line I picked out of it. They show a girl singing along to every word. And I was like, impossible. Impossible that this girl showed up was like, oh my God, DTK is going to be there. This is going to be the best New Year's ever. I was like, no. That's your boyfriend, isn't it? Is this song about you? Is that how you know all the words? This is insanity. And then as soon as he finishes a song, he goes, make some noise. And I go, at this point, stop telling me to do that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm done doing you favors, Jamie Kennedy. (laughs) This show sucks. Oh, DTK's gonna do another song.
0: (laughs) And then we get... Then we get the thing that just upsets me the most. We get a sketch with Jamie Kennedy and the cast of Stuffed and Unstrung. Yeah. Now Stuffed and Unstrung is part of Henson Alternative.
1: What is this? (laughs)
0: Uh, It was an off-Broadway show that has also been... uh, It also had tours. It also had a California sit-down production. It is an... It's not Avenue Q, but kind of like... It's the Henson Alternative, so it's from Jim Henson Company. Henson Alternative Mm. is where, like, Happy Time Murders comes from. Yeah. Anything with Jim Henson Company puppets that's for adults is under this Henson Alternative name.
1: Yeah, it's... I get that they're trying to be edgy, but man, everything about this fails. Mm Mm-hmm. My understanding is... That they are doing uh, improv. Yes. With Jamie Kennedy.
0: Yeah, the uh, the show itself is fairly improv heavy. Stuffed and Unstrung. Okay.
1: And they do this weird thing where they have a shot where it's Jamie Kennedy and puppets. And then they cut to another shot where it's Jamie Kennedy, puppets, and the puppeteers. And I was like, why would you break the illusion like that? Don't understand this. Uh, they immediately do a rape joke that I don't understand.
2: Jamie, if I remember correctly, this is the classic rape scream scene from Scream, right? The, the rape scene? Wasn't that yours, brainchild? Um, uh, no, that was uh, Courtney Cox's. Oh.
0: There is not a rape scene in Scream.
1: Yes, which I think the bit is, I'm sorry that I have to say these words, the bit is, Jamie Kennedy raped Courtney Cox, and the puppets thought it was part of the movie, but it actually happened. That's the joke. What? So, I think it's just this one puppeteer, because I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Have you ever been in an improv situation where one of the improvers is just, like, not on your page? No, yes. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's just like
0: I was going, no, it it's like the worst thing on the planet when that. Yeah,
1: happened.
0: and where one wants to get very blue. Yeah, when the show it's not appropriate for the show, or it's not appropriate with the other partners. Uh, it's something that gets discussed a lot. As a female improviser, I've had to have these conversations of like you know. I also tend to work with people I don't get the benefit of working with over long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Because the rules are different. If you've been working with a group for a long period of time where you've had the conversations, you know what the other person's cool with, Mm -hmm. you can do things on stage that are usually against the rules of improv. Yeah. Uh, A big example here would be asking questions or saying no. Mm -hmm. Because if I know how my friend... Uh, let's just say Vegas. Vegas' mind works. Yeah. I'm able to go like, okay, this is what Vegas is going to do. And Vegas knows me well enough to know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. But this this ends up, you have somebody who is in there and is going off the rails. I, I believe the wrestling term is going into business for yourself.
1: Yeah. Because I was in a situation once where I got hired to do improv at a convention. And I was like, yeah, I love doing improv. It'll be fine. We warmed up together. Everything was, like, cool. And it was like, oh, and just so you know, like, it's an adult improv show, even though we're at a convention. So, like, no restriction on, like, language or content. Right. And I was like, awesome. No problem. Cool. Uh, So the show starts and he opens with, hey, just so you know, this is an adult uh, improv show. Uh, there's no restriction on language or content. And then says every slur. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, no, that is not what I meant. <laughs> I was like, this is a problem. And then I had to do a show for an hour with him. Oh, It was horrible. No. So I very much feel like that's what's happening in this, like, moment.
0: That being said, this is supposed to be a cast who's worked together.
1: Uh, because there's... In my opinion, there's like this slight moment of brilliance that I really like in this moment where this one girl is like a cheetah puppet and goes,
0: Oh, this is that part where you explain all the rules about horror movies. Would you say that word for word for us right now?
1: Which is like a thing that celebrities are asked that they hate. And that is a great like F you in in improv. Because like everyone's kind of in on the joke right then. And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of a prank. However, Jamie Kennedy knows it. So Jamie Kennedy starts doing it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, and Jamie Kennedy says...
2: There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to survive a horror movie. Oh my okay. God. Rule number one. Yeah. First, yeah. you can never have sex. Um, Wait, too bad for you,
0: Teresa. Oh. Uh, oh, good Goodbye. He's doing it.
1: He's doing it. Let him speak. Sex equals death. I would like to die. Right now, you don't, right now. And I was like, that's a very funny joke. Then, while this goes on too long, <laughs> later she goes,
0: You know, earlier when I said I wanted to die, yeah. what I meant is, because I think you didn't get it.
2: I think he got it. I think he he I, think I want you to.
1: Oh.
0: I yeah. want
2: you to do me.
1: Oh. And I was like, oh, good. Thank God she explained the joke. Because jokes are always better when you explain them.
0: Yeah, and then like a nerd puppet asks both about Courtney Cox's boobies and Claire Danes' boobies. Yes. And they point out Claire Danes was 16 when she was filming Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh no, we all committed a crime. Yeah, we're all
1: going to jail now.
0: I'm like, oh God, you know this, this was a pre That That's important. You could have cut, cut this. <laughs> you could have cut this.
1: Uh, And the other thing I want to point out is, like, there's a graphic for what this is for, like, a second. Yeah. Like, not long enough for you to read what it is.
0: Yeah, I was able to pull up information about it. Like, Stuffed and Unstrung is hence an alternative.
1: Yeah, none of that information is communicated during the show. It's just suddenly Jamie Kennedy's with raunchy puppets.
0: Yes. And, like, not Avenue Q, which was already a little long in the tooth at the time, Mm -hmm. but I believe was still running off-Broadway. Yeah. So, uh, and then we get this new year, this series of new year's bits where what getting crazy men. Yeah. In 1880, I'm going to show ankle. In Ooh. 1920, I'm going to wear trousers. And this has one of the only good jokes in the show. Yeah. She goes, I'm going to wear trousers. And then the other girl goes, well, then I'm going to talk out loud. Yes. And I was like, oh,
1: okay. And then
0: it immediately gets ruined.
1: Yeah. It immediately makes this hard left of, it's the 1950s. I'm going to dance with a colored boy. And then the other one slaps her across the face. And that's the end of that part. Yeah. And then, then, then it goes to the next. It's like, oh, it's the 90s now. It's like, whoa, you can't do that.
0: Yeah. Like, it's just this weirdly, suddenly, extremely racist bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we had to get African-Americans on the racism bingo card that they're playing with right now.
0: And then the 1990 one's like about chat rooms, which I was like, com- household computers weren't common in 1990. Yeah. Like, I know that. And I was very, very young in 1990. Yeah. You potatoes. Um, And then in 2013, they have one where like, the girl says, I'm going to get crazy. And then she lists a bunch of actually illegal things and go. the other girl goes, oh, you mean
1: batshit crazy. You mean actually crazy?
0: She um, uses the phrase batshit.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then Jamie Kennedy says, we'll see you next year.
0: No, he says, I'll see you in 2024. Now, you know why we don't do one of these.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Why we don't do these. Uh, it's, it's good that he at least knew how bad it was. And honestly, I had this theory while I was watching this of, oh my God, they hired Jamie Kennedy and he didn't want to like do anything. And so he's reading these jokes at the beginning for the first time. Like, th- these are writer's jokes. These are not Jamie Kennedy jokes. And then the show ends and I see copyright Jamie Kennedy Productions. So I was like, oh, no, this is all him. He messed up. He yep. messed up real bad.
2: Oh.
1: Uh, yeah. That's it. Yep. Um, so we then watched, like, him talk about it for, like, a couple minutes. Ugh. Uh the, the one thing I want to mention is he talks about how um, one of the persons he did this with ran what he said Championship Hollywood Wrestling, which is not what it's called. It's called Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Yes. And I have some friends who actually worked for that company. Okay. And a title that was often defended at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood is the NWA Championship. Okay. Which is why Adam Pearce is there. Okay. So mystery solved.
0: Uh, Also, the Blockbuster Entertainment Award ran for about six years.
1: Ah, bummer. Uh, You mean Jamie Kennedy gave us bad information? Yep. Uh, The other thing that I really want to point out that I found very suspicious is Jamie Kennedy's talking about how... This was a cash grab, basically. He knew how much he was going to put in, and then he was going to get all these sponsors. Yes. And then the sponsors were going to, like, triple the money that he put into it. Which...
0: That was the plan.
1: It makes sense. It does actually make sense. Uh, But he talks about how he never got paid. He talks about how the Carl's Jr. star drops. Mm Mm-hmm. Which they never show.
0: But how Carl's Jr. owes him, like, $36,000.
1: Yeah. Uh... Looking back at this, if I was one of these sponsors, I would be furious. Yes. Like, Hardee's, I think, makes out the best. But, like, that casino is now tied to this mindset.
0: All of these sketch. look awful.
1: Yeah. And then you got Jamie Kennedy taking his shirt off for heart health. What? Like, all this just terrible, terrible stuff. And then he makes this very strange comment in this Mm -hmm. video where he says, uh, yeah, Macy was, you know, she tried to end the show early. But, you know, we had all these great acts. We had Macy. We had others. It's like, no, you don't remember their names. Yeah. Uh, But they all got paid. We paid them all in cash. And we also gave them some liquor. Okay. First off, paying people in cash is so shady. Is it? Because there's no receipts.
0: Yes. Okay, that's fair.
1: So, like, when you pay someone in cash, you still need to create a receipt. Or yeah, there they, needs to
0: be, like, an invoice there's a or problem. something.
1: Yeah. So, it's like, I paid. Don't worry. Everybody got paid under the table. What? Also, if you're bragging that everybody got paid in cash, plus as, like, a gift, some bottles of alcohol. Mm-hmm. One, very strange that alcohol is not one of your sponsors. Yeah. So where are you getting this alcohol? Two. Isn't one of the acts a band of fourteen-year-old girls called Girl Squad? What? Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that there wasn't like i'm sure they weren't giving those children alcohol
1: here's the thing Mm. you are not sure of that
0: i want you are being
1: hopeful right now yeah there's there is no certainty at all to that situation no but the evidence i've collected makes a pretty good case Mm. because i want to point out that when girl squad was on screen all the shots were wide yeah. The moment that the children got on stage or during the, like, big, oh, it's the new year, the camera never zooms in on them. Making me think maybe something illegal was happening. Mm. I rest my case. Mm. I'm hoping that if I'm this defamatory enough, Jamie Kennedy will reach out. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it. It has taken on a bit of a cult following because there were a couple of comedians who thought it was funny.
1: It's definitely funny. Uh,
0: Sean Broyles and Patton Oswald thought it was really, really funny,
1: yeah, it is and
0: funny. were like retweeting it, <laughs> and that's how it started to go viral.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Good job, Patton.
0: Uh, Adam Pierce does not rule out the possibility that some of it was intentionally designed to be a disaster.
1: Really? Uh, <laughs> K. K. Fabe, brother. And then, brother. <laughs> and then uh, they couldn't afford the
0: bleeps. They couldn't afford the bleep machine. The bleep
1: machine.
0: And then, uh, the New york I read the New York Times article that ran contemporary to this. Mm. Quote, taking stock of his haphazard show in a subsequent phone interview, Mr. Kennedy said, quote, it was totally supposed to be like that. We wanted to make almost an anti-New Year's Eve show, and the recipe calls for unexpected. Unquote.
1: <laughs> so he never takes- Lied, Jamie Kennedy.
0: <laughs> well, in the reaction video, nothing was his fault. Yeah. Like,
1: well. Like, I understand, like, you had a big belly flop and you're trying to save it. You're trying to save face right now. I get it. That's, it's fine. But man, it's a big belly flop, pal. Yes. And, you know, it's weird. Jamie Kennedy is a person that I always try to like. (laughs) Like, Jamie Kennedy has, like, this very interesting horror movie documentary that I haven't seen, but I think the concept's interesting. Okay. Uh... He also has a documentary called Heckler. Okay. Where he interviews the people who heckle him and tries to, like, find out why people heckle. And I've never seen it, but I was like, that's really interesting. I should probably spend time with that. But literally everything I've seen Jamie Kennedy do, I've despised. Yeah. I hate this. He ruined G4A, which was the G4 uh, award show. He hosted that and is a vacuum of energy. Like, he's probably like older Noah probably realizes he's on something. Mm. But, like, it's like he's in a soundproof studio with, with all these people who are legitimately going nuts because it's G4. He hosts an E3 press conference that's miserable. He hosted extreme musical chairs what? called O-Sit. Oh okay. Which I think, unfortunately, somehow ran two seasons, which is why we've never done it. But basically, it was musical chairs where the rules were you ran around this like really big track. And every, oh, because it
0: ran in the CW. Yeah. The CW gives almost yeah. everything a second season.
1: But you ran around this giant track, and every time you completed a lap successfully, it, you earned more money. But when the music stopped, you had to grab a chair, and the chairs were in the center of, like, a wipeout obstacle course. Okay. Terrible. Jamie Kennedy made that a miserable experience to sit through. Uh... He's just bad at hosting stuff, but I don't know why he keeps getting to. Maybe because he pays for it. Maybe. Ah, oh, I got very upset. I'm back now. Okay. Do you have anything to add in terms of research?
0: Nope. Nope, that was everything.
1: All right. Verdict.
0: Oh, stay doomed. Stay doomed? Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> stay doomed, period?
0: Yeah, like, this was... Bad and poorly done and weirdly mean-spirited.
1: Yes. I'm going to say this. Oh, boy. I'm going to say that this is, in fact, a Stay Doomed. Okay. However, oh. mm. this is the only New Year's Eve special that's worth revisiting ever. Okay. Like, yeah, Dick Clark did a much better show. But there's no reason to ever go back and watch an old New Year's Rocking Eve. This, at least, is worth going back and watching the freak show. All right. So, if nothing else, it is the most watchable <laughs> New Year's Eve spectacular.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Like, it's, pretty, it's a pretty high negative number, you know? On, on the scale, it's not its not a zero. It's like a negative seven, because it's worth watching for the wreck. Uh, next week, we're doing something very special uh, as we head into January, which will be Patreon Appreciation Month. Uh, this comes from our patron, Matthew. By the way, thank you, Matthew, for being a patron here at the $20 level. Uh, and usually, at the $20 level, that means you get to pick something that we throw onto the poll. And then the patrons at lower levels get to vote. But since it's Patreon Appreciation Month, we're just going to pick what Matthew uh, sent us. So we will be doing Conquer Fort Bouillard. It is a French show that they tried to make an American pilot for. And it was a complete failure by the creators of American Gladiators. Should be very, very interesting. Where can people find us?
0: You can email us at the stay doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at staydoomed.
1: And if you want me to host things for you better than Jamie Kennedy would, I'm at plus2comedy on Twitter.
0: If you want me to host things for you to be better than Noah Houlihan, I'm at Priorities on Twitter. Until next time, stay doomed.
1: But the transitive property that is better than Jamie Kennedy as well.
0: Well, yeah.